We're in Luke chapter 9. I'm trying to get through chapter 9. I was trying to rush it. I'm like, can I, can I condense any of this? Can you condense the life of Christ? You know, I know the Reader's Digest did this many years ago. They took out all the unimportant parts of the Bible and they made it this big. I don't know if you remember that, the Reader's Digest Bible. Uh, you can get to it through it in a half a year instead of a whole year like I do my Bible reading. But anyway, uh, in our fast-paced culture, we're taught to rush. And Christians that rush miss, miss stuff. And so uh, I couldn't do it. I had to slow down. Because we come to this great uh, episode in the life of the disciples. Now, Jesus is walking with them. And I'm going to read. Are you guys ready to read it? This is... Uh, just a few short verses, Luke 9, 51, 51 to 55. I don't know, whoever was, was putting up the numbers of this, they made this a very long chapter. And this is what it says, As the time approached for him to be taken up into heaven, now this is way before he was taken up into heaven, he had just been transfigured, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. So we'll stop for just a second and think about that. Jesus had been talking to his disciples about his upcoming death. And then he said, now is the time for me to start setting my journey towards that mercy, towards achieving mercy for each and every one of us. And he says that he resolutely set out for it. That means I'm going. I'm going there. Nothing's going to stop me from the purposes of God for dying for your sins, paying your debt. I'm going there. But they were going through Samaria. And so he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. Now, this is an old story. If you read your Old Testament, oh boy, I got to get you back into the Kings and Chronicles and all that. I'm not going to take you there this morning. But what happened after King Solomon ruled? Two sons broke the, the kingdom in half. Ten, ten tribes on this side, two tribes on this side. Samaria became, or became the, the uh, capital of that second kingdom, that broken kingdom. And Jerusalem was the capital of the, the, the two other uh, tribes. And, of course, uh, Jesus was part of that other tribe. Right? Judah. Okay. So these guys found out that Jesus was heading that way, and so they were very offended. And they said, We don't like you, Jesus. I think that's what it says. It says, but the people there did not welcome him. And so, when the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? This is like my favorite, <laughs> this is, this is like my favorite story. Now, where did these guys come up with this? They're, they're like, uh, they, they got offended. I'm not welcome. 
You know, you go to somebody's house and they go, sorry, man, not welcome here. Hmm. It's like, I need the spiritual gift of calling fire from heaven to consume and smite all that do not welcome me. I mean, can you imagine the world if we were given the power to just cook places that, that, that we didn't like? Now, now, these guys were the sons of thunder. You know, they, they, they'd already been named, and, and, and they thought this was a good, good idea. But you're wondering, what? What? But Jesus turned to them and, and rebuked them, said, what? 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 Are, here I am. I'm going on a mission of mercy to save the entire world, including some Samaritans. Yes, a lot of Samaritans we find in Acts, the Samaritans. Philip went to Samaria, and a lot of those people got saved. And guess what happened? you imagine if they were all burnt? They wouldn't have gotten saved. Jesus saw that. Okay, so he stopped. Anyway, he rebuked them and said, You do not know what kind of spirit you are. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy people's lives, but to save them. Okay, so let's, let's get back into this for just a minute. Last week we talked about humility and pride. I didn't have much time to talk about it, and I was, I was actually thinking I should just do, do a do-over, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to press through. Trying to, before I die, I want to finish this book, okay? <laughs> or before you guys kick me out of the church, because at the pace we're going right now, we're, I'm going to be old. Anyway, but... Jesus was teaching his, his disciples the principles that disciples must walk in. And the, the, last week he talked about being humble. And he's saying, if you want to be great, if you want to be the most amazing person, you need to be like a little child with no rank, with nothing, no accomplishments, no, no degrees behind their names, no numbers and letters and things to impress other people. Just a child. And they didn't get it. And then the next episode right there, right after John says, hey, we saw some other people casting out demons in your name. And so he said, uh, what should we do? Should we call down fire? He didn't say that, but I'm sure he was thinking it. He's like, ah, oh, fire is a, good, is a good, good idea for those guys. And Jesus said, no, if they're not against you, for you. So I just want to give you the progression here. So first, they're divided against each other because they're arguing about who's the greatest. See, pride does that. And then the next episode, they were divided against other people that that were doing things that they were doing, but they they weren't doing it just like us. You know, like the Catholics (laughs) up the street. Sorry, I'm not making it, but that's what they're thinking. It's like, they're not doing it like us. They're, they're, they're singing different songs and they're, you know, they're doing things. They're getting up and sitting down. They're kneeling and they're doing stuff. Just, we're like the free church and the free church we know is better. No. And so Jesus says, listen, pride's going to divide you from each other. Pride's going to divide you from other people. But what's worse than that is offenses, personal offenses. 
How fast can you get offended? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> I know. Was anybody offended? I mean, you get offended by, you know, you know, people that get too close to your bumper. It's like, dude, back off. Right? You ever have that? I love that everybody's got these like big trucks now that stand this high. And then they get, you know, they get right up. And you don't see anything but grill. And you're, you're seeing a grill and you're like, dude, I'm a little car. Cut me some slack. Or a slow person. Nothing worse than slow drivers. I'm going somewhere. I, I, I tell you, this, 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 one of the Beatitudes came to me one day when I was trying to get to work in a hurried way. Actually, I was trying to get my child to school in a hurried way and then get to work in, a, in another hurried way. And somebody was driving slow. But they had this bumper sticker that said, Blessed are the merciful. And as a Christian... I thought to myself, that's like something Jesus would say. In fact, Jesus did say that. And it was a perfect bumper sticker. It taught me a lesson. It's probably been 10 years, but I've never forgotten it. So I get to this passage here, and I realize that Jesus, the next thing he teaches them is how to be merciful. He says, you don't know what spirit you're in. You're in the wrong spirit here. It's not the spirit of judgment. It's the spirit of mercy that I must teach you next. So again, Jesus on the mission to mercy. They get offended. Jesus said, no. We're on a mission to mercy. I have come not to destroy people's lives, but to save them. Let's talk about mercy for just a minute. Mercy... And, and, and it goes back to our, our sacred reading. Because God, the great love, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy. Very often we don't meditate on the mercy that God has given us. I'm with Henri, Henri that if I really looked at my sin and my debt that I owe, I would be crushed. I owe a lot. If I'm piling up my stuff, it's a big pile. Anybody else? I mean, but once, once Jesus saves us, we're like, well, I'm, I'm free. But historically, through the ages, those who have sought God meditated on his mercy, knowing that by seeing our transgressions and seeing the grace of God, it, we would start to have mercy on all of those around us. That's the point here. Because mercy is one of those things that it, it encompasses loving someone, so when that person's not being nice to you, you love them anyway. Not, not that long ago, uh, I, was, I was talking to another pastor, and he was talking about trouble in his congregation. Trouble. He, he, he had, done a, he had done, a, done a dumb thing. He, he had moved too quickly on a change in the church. 
I don't, he didn't tell me what it was, but you know, pastors change stuff, right? So we're going to do two songs and then instead of three, what? I can't go to this church anymore. Anyway, I don't know what it was. It, I don't, it wasn't a moral issue. And he, and he was, he was, he was a younger pastor and he's asking, well, how do you, how do you get past that? He's like, I, I confronted him. And I said, well, in my old age, this is what I've discovered. You get past all of the, yeah, but I'm right. Yeah, but I'm the pastor. Yeah, but, but, get, you get all those buts. You, you, you have the full conversation in your head, what you'd really tell them, if you're really there. And then you say, but I love him. And that will change the dynamic. Because as soon as you move love to the front of your relationships, then it changes the way you're able to respond. And that's what Jesus was doing here. That's what he was doing in the verse. Because of his great love for us. (laughs) So he moved love to the front so that he could have mercy on us. So, back to mercy. Mercy is loving, compassionate, being tender, being forgiven, forgiving, being selfless, caring, even protecting. And certainly, mercy prays. Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who are hurtful to you. Every time we experience an offense, it should trigger our prayer. We should immediately fall on our knees and say, Lord, thank you for your mercy to me. Now I want to pray for someone else that needs mercy. Okay. So let's, go, let's talk about calling down fire for a minute. Isn't it more fun to call down fire, though? I mean, Jesus says, go to prayer. And we're like, can't we use our fire? <laughs> I've been waiting a long time to use this fire. <laughs> I just want to, just one time, can I call down fire? Now, why were they saying this? Theologians everywhere are wondering. I'm going to give you the, they're in Samaria. Now, they had just been on the hill. And who showed up on the, in the Mount of Transfiguration? Which two guys? Elijah and Moses, right? Okay, so Elijah, when he called down fire one day, he was right in this place. And they're walking by and they're thinking, hey, this is just like Elijah's day. And these people are just as bad as those people there. Maybe we could get the spiritual gift of burning people up. (laughs) They're being very biblical. (laughs) I don't know what spiritual gift you have or what you're praying for. It's like, Lord, 
Make me more prophetic. More, Lord, make me more judgmental with fire. Anyway, we all want to call down fire from time to time. In fact, you might leave here. (laughs) You might show up to Thanksgiving with your wonderful family. (laughs) And you're going to say, Lord, (laughs) can you consume the sacrifice today? And this message is only to remind you, because of God's great love and his mercy for you, all those people who might be offensive on Thanksgiving, if you do invite them, usually leave them, it's like they don't get the invite, that you will take the time to put your fire away and say, I want the spirit that Jesus wants me to have. So Jesus says, you don't know what kind of spirit you are. All right, think about it. I've seen a couple videos current events. Anybody ever watched those smart bombs? That's called fire from heaven. They see an enemy. It's got a little square, a little T right there. That's the guy that needs fire from heaven. And then we see that in the news and we have no compassion, we go, yeah, got the bad guys. Who's the bad guy? The one watching the television. (laughs) Who received mercy? The one that watched the television. And yet still in his heart, he lacks the thoughtfulness that's necessary for us as Christians to pray for our enemies, even other people's enemies. They're not my enemy. They're people that need the love of Jesus, who need us to pray for them, wherever they are. I've been in a few places in the world, and know what I've discovered? People are people. All of us left to ourselves and with enough trauma will become very angry and want to call down fire. What Jesus was teaching these guys is that's not our way. If you're going to walk with me, we're going to do it another way. All right. So last but not least, so how do we develop an unfired spirit. Now be fired up for Jesus, but be fired up for his grace and mercy for others. I had to kind of go on the inside a little bit when I was doing this. I'm like, I think, I I guess I'm kind of merciful. As long as you don't cross me. I'm very merciful. And I'm merciful in retrospect like I was saying, when you know, but 
I've been practicing mercy for a long time because I really do know the kind of sinner that I am. Um, but I was realizing that, truthfully, if Jesus came to me right now, he would ask, is there anyone in your life, is there anyone out there that you're not being merciful to? I'd probably say, yeah, there's probably a couple people. You know, years ago, we used to do this exercise where um, we would ask, we just, in a, in a time of prayer, just say, as, the, as we invite the Holy Spirit, is there anyone that comes to your mind that you feel hurt from or who you haven't forgiven? And we'd get out a yellow pad. And in our honesty, we would start writing down names. Yeah, my brother. Stephen, you're not looking today? You're not, you're not watching me, are you? Hey, bro, love you, man. I forgive you. I really do. Anyway, he's not watching, which I'm totally offended about right now. So now I'm going to forgive him again for not watching. <laughs> my brother, my older brother, he'd be playing out in the field, little soccer. And then he, he was mean. And he would play and then he'd beat me in every sport. But then after that, he would, he, he would tackle me and then sit on me. And I'd be out in the field, far from mom and dad, and he would tickle me or punch me, whatever. He would torture me. I am tortured. Unto death. <laughs> My beloved brother. You know, when I went through that exercise, my brother was at the top of the list. Because I remember how often I was traumatized by him. Now, that's a light and momentary affliction, but many of us here have other things in our life that are much more difficult than that. And so the way we develop mercy is first we embrace the mercy of God. And we say, thank you, Lord. I can't believe that you opened my eyes to see the sacrifice of Jesus so that I could participate in your salvation. And then we take all of that and we ascribe it and attribute it to every other person in the whole world. What would this world look like if the billion Christians loved others with great mercy. You think we'd be bombing each other into oblivion? You think we'd be doing anything like that? I'm still an idealist. I believe that the gospel is more powerful than the evil of this world. And it all begins with us. When the big grill is in your rearview mirror, <laughs> our first response, and it'll take practice, will be, Lord, I pray for that person, that they're able to make that car payment, and that they don't run over me, 
and that Jesus would reveal himself to him. All right. I want to close with this. Maybe there is someone in your life. We're talking mercy. We shouldn't leave this room without being merciful to them. And so I, I want to just ask, let's just close our eyes for a moment. We're going to pray. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to bring to mind those that need your forgiveness and our forgiveness today. Lord, we pray for those who have traumatized us in our life, who deserve fire from heaven if we were the judge, but instead who will receive mercy from us. And if there's anyone that comes to your mind, I want you to just bring them before the Lord. Ask God to, Lord, teach us how to love like you loved. And on the cross you said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And that instead we would show mercy to them so that they would experience what it's like to have the mercy of God shown to them. Lord, in whatever point we are in our life where we're more fiery than merciful, we pray that you change our hearts so that we can show Jesus to this world that needs to see him so desperately in action. And we thank you that you've given us the mercy and the power and the ability to do what you call us to do, to forgive one another as Christ has forgiven us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you let them all go? Everybody? You're free? They're free? All right. Those of you joining us online, we're signing off, and uh, we pray that you have a blessed week, and we will see you. Happy Thanksgiving. We don't eat with you. And uh, have a great day. We'll see you later. All right, bye.